Randall pushed himself the with a grunt. He with a wet next to me. His directly onto my You're making a mess, I said. You don't mind, he replied. <laughs> I love this one so much. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ben. Hello, Nicole. <laughs> How are you today? I don't know. I'm feeling sexy. Oh, I can tell. That's why I'm using my sexy voice on you. <laughs> it's a little Phoebe. A Isn't little it? sticky my shoes. My sticky shoes. That's me. Okay, babies. That's me. I'm going to go uh, do a gig at Central Puck in a second. Oh, and, I love uh, it. Yeah. I'll be there. Thank you so much. You and nobody else. <laughs> so just prepare for me to just focus all of this on you. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I um wow, the year is almost over. Listen, it's gotta end sometime. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, we are smack dab in the middle of holiday season. Yeah. And um the relentless march of time. Yeah. Has no care for your own feelings. It's just marching on. None at all. Time None. doesn't stop until you're dead. There you go. And that's on that chirpy note that we bring you first aid kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um so today alongside us breaking down desire we uh-huh. are going to break down randall park listen he's such a cutie he is the cutest he oh he makes me smile a really kind of teenage girl kind of yes. like oh my god he's so cute yes he's yes. so precious and he we is. talked about him a little bit in our first episode here at slate do you remember back yeah, in time i know yeah. so so many moons ago um uh, because always be my maybe was mm. such like the film of 2019 yeah it was like this quietly but also successfully charming rom-com yes the like of which we have been missing yes for many a year Mm -hmm. so its return was greeted with huge fanfare and of course everyone was excited when the trailer dropped and there appeared among us a god aka keanu reeves (laughs) but here's the thing Mm -hmm. low key on the lowest of keys Mm -hmm. And I don't say this lightly because, you know, I love Keanu until death do us part. Yes. Mm-hmm. But watching that, I was like, you know what, Sasha? I would have chosen Randall Park, too. Same. So there you Same. go. Well, let me take that back. Yeah, exactly. Because, so, <laughs> you know, Keanu, He's a close second. Yes. I am not surprised that she chose there him. There you go. And, again, Randall Park held his own. He Listen, he more than held his own. Yes. He placed his own on his head. Yes. He held it. <laughs> because Randall Park is, in fact... A classic hottie. Mm-hmm. And he's got just like the kindest eyes, mm-hmm. the sweetest smile. And also, can we talk about how he is low-key jacked? Like underneath his clothes, yes. I was like, wait a goddamn minute. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Okay. I just want to put that out there. All of that to come. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, I love a, a sneaky, mm. a sneaky bay underneath, Listen. you know, the very... You know, norm core kind. Right. I guess that's what we could call yeah. that. You know, just a very average facade. Yes. And then you get him home and you're like, oh, shit. It's just interesting to see yeah. what, you know, what clothes conceal. And Randall Park yes. is, yeah, he's he's a, he's carrying a concealed weapon. Hey! Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mr. Park. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's thrilling. I yes. love seeing that when yeah. regular, regular dudes are just kind of like, hold, you, hold on to yes. your hat. I'm not so regular. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so degular. I love it. Whew. All right, 
a lot of people don't realize that Randall Park has been out here for a good minute. Like he's been out here over 15 years. Like he's been doing his thing. You know what? You know that thing about overnight success means that lots of people have become a little bit attracted to the idea of you wake up and someone discovers you Mm -hmm. or you wake up and you stumble into stardom or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he is the direct opposite of that. Mm -hmm. He has been working for pretty much as long as I have, <laughs> like in terms of like his years of work yeah. relative to our to our ages, yeah. he has been working consistently since two thousand and three. Right, two thousand and three. Right, consider that. But like he has been working so hard mm-hmm. and in small, tiny roles, like blinking you miss it roles. Right, and so to build, and so it's interesting basically to see somebody who has built. A career, mm-hmm. like you, you remember looking at them and kind of going, "Wait, didn't I see you in that little?" Right. I'm like, "Yeah, you did, fam." Yes, I'm thinking like New Girl when we were talking about um, Jake Johnson recently, and I went back and I'm looking at these episodes, and I realized that in one of the earlier seasons, uh, Randall Park was a character on the show very briefly, very brief. When Nick Miller was trying to go and get a phone, and his credit score was so low <laughs> yeah. that the uh, customer service guy called everybody out to laugh at him. Yeah. That customer service guy was Randall Park. Listen, it's like it's like six degrees of separation. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there he is. Once yeah. again, this Randall Park. He's he's done everything. And like big, big sitcoms. So you've mentioned mm-hmm. New Girl. Mm-hmm. I think for me, his most memorable part, of course, came in The Office. Yes. Where he played Asian Jim. Yes. <laughs> Which sounds racist. I swear it's not. But he basically <laughs> pretends to be Jim, who's regularly played by John Krasinski, mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a Halloween prank or something like that. Something against um, Dwight. I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily Halloween, right. but, but it was so, one of those right. little things. Something to fuck with Dwight specifically. Yeah, yeah. And he comes hey, in and he goes, oh, hey, Dwight. And he's like, you're not Jim. Who are you? <laughs> Who am I? I'm Jim. We've been working together for 12 years. We're Joe Dwight. You're not Jim. Jim's not Asian. You seriously never noticed? Hey, hats off to you for not seeing race. <laughs> and then he's like, what? That's Pam. And then he goes over to Pam. He kisses her mm-hmm. on the desk. There's a photo of him and Pam. Instead yes. of like the, everything that Dwight would use to catch him out. It's yes. just like it's been so meticulously planned. And the whole time, Randall Park has the most pleasant smile on his face. Yes. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'm Jim. What's what's that? I love it. So it's such a small, perfectly executed joke. Mm-hmm. Like if I was going to do a prank, sadly, it's been done now. But that's right. exactly what I would want to do. Yeah. Just like really fuck with someone. And no one better than Dwight, who is truly the worst person. The worst. <laughs> absolute worst but but i love it and i also yeah. love like the very playful suggestion there are people who say stuff like i don't see color yes i love it so much yes. and he's like no what do you mean i've always been jim what are you talking about <laughs> don't you remember that time we did blah 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 and he's like how do you know that it's like, yes. because i'm jim and i love it so much and that's the power of randall park he's low-key but he is memorable even in the small thing like you see him and you think Who's that guy? He's funny. Mm-hmm. What is that? And comedy is really his wheelhouse. Like, yeah. he's a funny guy who does funny things. Yeah. He was on Reno 911. Can you imagine? Oh, that my was gosh. years ago. <laughs> he was in that. And that, that is such a cult classic now. Yes. I mean, 
go back and, and look for him in, in, in that. Also, Matt TV. Again, cult. He, yes. But he plays these roles and stuff that when it's first on air, you're like, okay, what is this I'm watching? <laughs> right. And then the next thing you know is your favorite thing. Yes. And he has he has his thumbprint on all of them. This is He has such exquisite taste. Yeah, Like, you go through his filmography. You go to his Wikipedia or his IMDb. And you're like, wait, how has this guy been in most of the good things on TV? Yes. That's a skill. It really is. Because I promise you, you, you go look at some of your favorites and see some of the absolute fucking stinkers they have been in. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Randall Parker is kind of like, I knock it out of the park every time, babes. And it's like, wait, what? And it's true. So you've mentioned Reno 911. You've mentioned Mad TV. Mm-hmm. He was on Community. Right. Had a tiny little arc on Community mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. He was in the Mindy Project. Yep. Isn't that something? It's amazing. And I think... Um, you know, when people are like, he's out here hustling, so many people you have to hustle and you want to take on all this work. But the fact that he's taking on good work to to mm. build his resume, to build his filmography, I think is so important. And again, like you said, he has such a good taste, a discerning eye. Yes, a discerning eye. That mm. is spot on. While he was in the thick of that, of just kind of getting these bit parts and small bits here and there. And, you know, now we can praise his discerning eye. But back then, I'm <laughs> sure he was just hungry. Yeah. Um, And he kind of talked a little bit about that in an interview that he did with um Alex Jung, who, of course, is a friend of the podcast. You may remember him mm-hmm. from The Quenchening. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> they drove around LA where Randall is from yeah. and they kind of did like a kind of like a an, a very expansive look at his career. Yeah. Um and Alex was asking him, you know, about his early career and he said this really interesting thing. He called it struggle mode. Mm. And I think it's interesting because you rarely see actors. Sandra Oh did something similar when all the success for Killing Eve came about. Mm-hmm. And she was talking again with Alex, who is quite the expert interviewer. He's, yeah, he's so good. His <sighs> profiles are amazing. They're so perfect. And the struggle mode that he's talking about, he's, he's you know, he says, you know, when I first started acting, I was genuinely OK with the idea of struggling for the rest of my life. Um, you kind of have to in order to do what you love. And that is a very bold and I'm so angry and sad that it's true. It's a thing that you sometimes have to just consider like, well, if I'm going to keep doing this thing that I love so much, mm-hmm. bearing in mind all the isms that exist in this world mm-hmm. and how I'm situated at various intersections of those identities, I'm probably going to struggle forever. Right. It's so sobering. Yeah. And it's not... I appreciate it because, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you just got to, you know, build your own door and and go through it. And it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of time to do all of that. And, you know, it can be discouraging and dispiriting. So the fact that he was just like, no, this is what I love. And if that means I'm going to keep struggling, I'm that's what I'm going to do. And hopefully he's now at a point where he's no longer struggling. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I'm sure it depends, you know, because sometimes when you get you get to this level of success mm. people only want to see you in a certain type of role and those are the only like scripts that you're getting right so I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes from exactly here. and he talked a lot about that so he came up he went to UCLA mm-hmm. um, and while he was there he set up uh, an Asian American theater group and did a, a master's degree in Asian American studies so first of all he's smart mm-hmm. and I love that yeah personally that's my catnip I'm like wait you, you read books uh, that's amazing I love it the bar is so low but in, in Randall's case he was actually someone who was a bit of a you know a kind of a community leader which is how Ali Wong kind of described him and like the way she looked at him in awe mm-hmm. so like you might be doing like little little bit parts but to somebody you're somebody star man that's all I yeah. will say and Ali was like he was like a god 
like he was well, how did she say something like you know he founded this group that Ali Wong joined the LCC group um because of Randall which is you know the theater group that he set up mm-hmm. she thought he was just like this incredible performer this great comedian and then it turns out of course that later all those years later they get to work together on Always Be My Maybe yeah and I love I love those stories it's like oh yeah we met when we were students and now we're like you know Hollywood giants <laughs> killing it I love that shit but yeah so like he he really was in a struggle a struggle mode and then he spoke a lot about the roles that were being offered to him so you mm. mentioned this already where he was you know the kinds of roles that you get offered at that beginning stage where it's stereotype mm-hmm. after stereotype mm-hmm. and he was kind of feeling you know away he said that he went to uh, a couple of acting classes like a workshop type thing and he goes one of the exercises was to like free associate words and he remembers one occasion where for one of the students who was like a white guy, you know, mm-hmm. he said he was like a handsome guy with long hair. Mm-hmm. And people were saying stuff like renegade cop, cowboy. And he remembers when it got to his turn, they said things like nerd, tech guy, child molester. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh and he, he, he doesn't joke about this. He says it was traumatic for me. It was really traumatic. He was like, I knew there were stereotypes, but like. I just wasn't used to it because it wasn't something that he had been playing in his own theater group at UCLA. He built the world. You know, you you hear people say it all the time, well, build your own, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Randall Park built his own. Then he went out into the world Mm -hmm. and then the world said, hey, that's cute. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Full stop. Yeah. Oh, man. Bless his heart. Exactly. I I mean, you know, you know these things happen and, you know, it's just... Again, just kind of disheartening when you is someone that I don't know you really like. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. It's awful because you, you suddenly you imagine yourself so much more intimate. Like, oh my god, I yeah, I can imagine what that would be like for me. Yeah, you know, and that's a really tough thing. So all this to say that Randall Park has been steadily grinding, but it hasn't been without um, its setbacks. And you know, he talks about his regrets in this amazing profile that Alex did of him, where he's kind of like, "Yeah, I did take a couple of roles that I'm absolutely regretful of." There was a sitcom pilot that he did. It was called Lucky Us. This was again way back in 2004, mm-hmm. and he played like um, the evil neighbor, which feels like it might have been breaking out of specific stereotypes, mm-hmm. except it really wasn't. It's described as sort of like a gay Mr. Yunioshi caricature mm-hmm. who was called um, Jimmy, um, and so. He remembers, if you don't know, Mr. Yunioshi is the guy from Breakfast at Tiffany's played by Mickey Rooney. That really horrible racist. Exactly. So it was a similar-ish character to that. And he was saying at the time, he kind of justified it in his mind by like, well, maybe I can humanize him, this, that, and the other. But he was like, no, now I look back and I fully regret it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of your faves are, in fact, dealing with some of the, you know, some of the stuff that they have done. Like nobody is ideologically pure to the point where you're kind of like, hey, I'm going to only play heads of states or whatever the fuck else like right we've all done some dodgy work i'm just gonna say <laughs> straight up but um i like that he kind of mentioned all these things and just put it forward as a sort of hey listen we're all struggling we're trying to get somewhere and right. in his case thankfully all that work paid off In his first film in 2009 called The People I've Slept With, it's an indie film. Great name. And, yes. And it pushes back against stereotypes against Asian people, Asian American uh-huh. people. And it is about this young woman who, um, this young Asian woman who 
um, she is very free with her attentions. Shout out to her, man. Shout out to her. (laughs) And she realizes one day that she is pregnant and she has to figure out who the father is. And Randall Park plays a guy that she calls Mr. Nice But Boring. So what she does, she takes pictures of all the people that she's been with and she gives them a little nickname, which is something that I do myself. (laughs) I don't take the pictures, but like, no, they have code names when I'm talking. You're not a film character. Why would you take a picture? That's like murder wall. <laughs> yes. And so she makes these little postcards and um she puts their nicknames on on the cards and then on the back she puts all their information like their real name if she knows it uh-huh. and and their uh length and girth and <laughs> oh all this God. kind of stuff. So Mr. Nice but Boring, again Randall Park's character is one of the people that could be the father of her child. And so um Okay, I'm going to play a clip that will explain, and then we'll come back. But in this clip, um, this is a flashback to their first date, and um, he doesn't think it's going well. And so he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll see you later. They're in the car together, and he's like, I guess I'll see you later. He's dropping her off, and she tries to tell him, oh, no, we don't have to go anywhere right now. So let's let's hear that clip. Well, um, so long. It was nice meeting you. I thought we were just friends. Have you heard of FWB? Uh, uh, no. Friends with benefits? Oh my god. You're hung like a dinosaur. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so some of the information that she puts when uh, on the cards, um, she puts length and girth. And his length was 10 inches Jesus and his H girth Christ. was either 5 inches or 6 inches. That's like around, right? Um, and it's interesting <laughs> because of the, of the men that could be the father, there's also a white guy in the mix. And he happens to have the smallest uh, equipment of all of the potentials who are other men of color. So I thought that was very interesting for the writer um, Koji Sakai to throw in. This is directed by Quentin Lee, 2009. It's on Amazon Prime. I think you should watch it. It's uh, it's a really interesting film, uh, particularly as it deals with the expectations of Asian American people and their sexuality and mm. things like that. Um, but yeah, so like we said, his his filmography is just huge. So after his um, People I've Slept With mm-hmm. debut in 2009, mm-hmm. he carried on working on both big and small screen. Right. Um, but like after his wonderful unforgettable turn as Asian Jim in the office in 2012, <laughs> he carried on kind of doing a lot of stuff that was building and building and building. And then finally, I think there was a very handy reward <laughs> in the form of his own sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the lead on uh, Fresh Off the Boat, which is on ABC and is going to shutter, I think, next year. That's right. his last think, season. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, And it's important because it's about an Asian family. Um, it's him and his wife is played by Constance Wu mm-hmm. and they have three little boys and there's like a grandma and there's like a whole world. You know, they work in a restaurant and all of this stuff is just delivered, of course, with a little bit of, hey, they're Asian. 
but also they're human beings. Right. And Fresh Off the Boat is a critical darling. They've had yes. numerous nominations for um, acting, of course, with Constance Wu and Randall Park. And obviously just in general, just best uh, comedy show and that kind of thing. And I think that recognition, you know, recognition is not the end all be all, but it's still very important, uh, particularly when, you know, your pay rate, get that pay rate up. That's You know what? <laughs> that's how I feel about all of when we kind of go, it's not everything. I'm like, it's a good deal, though, fam. Yeah. Especially in that industry yeah the only way for you to up your rates is to kind of show the receipts mm-hmm. and the nomination is in fact the heftiest receipts <laughs> to kind of be like hey look put it on the table <laughs> you were saying that's right add another zero add two more zeros etc so yeah. no i'm i'm delighted at the success of it you know it's the kind of thing that hasn't been seen in so long it's not the first asian american family sitcom right um but you know it also came at a very specific time in terms of diversity and representation, which mm-hmm. are at this point kind of like yawny, kind of terrible words, and just you know they mean nothing, to the ground. right? Like they mean absolutely nothing at this point. But it was an interesting time in Hollywood, and I think there was a mood at that point, anyway, to kind of at least put the story out there. I think a lot of the time the the, the language you hear is "Oh, America's not ready" or the audience isn't ready, wherever that audience might be. And it's kind of like, actually, the audience is pretty open to this shit. Right. And when people say stuff like America isn't ready, what they mean is old white people. They aren't ready. And (laughs) and there are a lot of us who are not old white people who are ready. (laughs) And have been waiting. We're actively chomping at the bit. Yes. I mean, just because your 75-year-old Mima doesn't want to watch it doesn't mean you should not have it on the air. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) She's just your racist grandma, but good for her. She she made it this far. She's got many years in her more than likely but in the meantime let the rest of us watch what we want to watch right and we want to watch Randall Park on everything everything spread him like butter put him all over the bread all over the biscuit (laughs) yes I particularly liked him as Governor Danny Chung on Veep yes so hilarious just really like dry yes and I don't want to say. He's just really dry and sharp. Yes. Just always had a good stinger on him. Always. Oh, I, I loved want, it. I want to be that ready with like a comeback. And it's never quick enough. And like, what I really liked about it also is that we're so used to seeing Randall play kind of charming every day. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, hey, you know, your friend next door, your, mm-hmm. you know, co-worker, whatever. And Danny Chung is mean. Yes. Like he is, like you said, he is so sharp, but like he is kind of evil, but evil with a smile. Yes. And you're kind of like, wait, what? And I'm watching and I'm like, oh, I want to see him play like a full on villain. I think he has like this edge that comes out when he's playing Danny. Shout out to the writers of Veep. They really nailed this kind of like Midwest nice. Mm -hmm. And they gave it to Randall. Randall was like, don't worry, I've got this. Yes. And he delivers, like you said, these Dingers, where I'm kind of like, that person is dead in a ditch. <laughs> and Governor Danny's just like walking on, smiling to himself. And he's kind of like a mini nemesis to Selena. And he's just like, every time he comes up against her, even though you know she's the heroine of the piece, yeah. you want Danny to win. Yes. Like, just just knock her off a little bit. Yes. <laughs> every time that he would deliver one of those little, you know, those one-liners, and people just be kind of looking like, did that just happen? Right. Yes. You you were killed right, yeah. right there exactly. while you were standing. I'm afraid you've been the victim of a murder. Yeah. <laughs> just so good. And he was also very silly as Danny Chung. And we've got a little <laughs> clip of him uh, at one of the campaign rallies. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You know, this administration has faced many challenges. But until now... Nobody's thrown down 
a beatbox challenge. <laughs> And that was like a teaser of what we eventually got in Always Be My Maybe. Exactly. When he was this rap star. Exactly. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I just also want to talk about this. You know, we've been building this idea of Randall kind of, you know, stepping into his own and Mm -hmm. building a name slowly but surely. And I, I think there is no better manifestation of this than the fact that Randall Park has been in both Marvel and DC comic universes. Yes. He said, I'm going to take all your superhero coins. <laughs> I'm going to take every last one. And I appreciate that because he is, of course, in DC's uh, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also in Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he wasn't paid anything less than $5 per minute of airtime. <laughs> so, like, he is doing A-OK. And I really love his character on Ant-Man. He plays uh, an FBI agent, uh, Jimmy Woo. I just want to point out both those names. He's not called, you know, Stephen Jones. Right. They have made his characters specifically Asian, mm-hmm. okay? They have given him names that you're kind of like, huh, yeah, that's an Asian man. And I'm grateful for that because yeah. there was a time when the only way you could have an Asian person in your movie was to give them the whitest name of all <sighs> yeah. to kind of neutralize the Asian-ness, right. I guess. But right. no, he's Stephen Chin and he's Jimmy Woo. And I really love him in <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp because he plays opposite um, <laughs> Scott Lang, who's played by... Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. And Paul, of course, is hilarious. And Randall is, of course, of hilarious. Course, yes. And they have this amazing kind of chemistry that they play. And I really love this because it's kind of like filled to the brim mm-hmm. with homoeroticism mm-hmm. that I'm always here for. Uh, you got away with it this time, Scott. But uh, I'll be seeing you again. Where? Huh? Where will you be seeing me again? Like, in general, I'll see, like, the next time you do something bad, I'll be there to oh, catch you. To you'll be watching in that room. Yeah, to... I thought you were inviting me somewhere. Why would I do that? That's what I was wondering. Why would you do that? I, I... Like a party or like dinner or something? I don't know. I thought you were no, planned the evening. No, I meant to like arrest no, you. Course, I, I'll arrest strange. you later again. Take it easy. Jim. Okay. Did you want to grab dinner or something? I mean, because I'm free. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I just like if you watch the scene, he's kind of like sort of like shy. Like, I, I do, do you do you want to have dinner? I, I don't. And the whole time, kind of Scott's looking at him like, do, do you want to get? I just I read it's it's very it predates uh, Paul Rudd's bit on Hot Ones where he goes, look uh, at us, yes, but it feels very look at us, yes. <laughs> I love their chemistry, and I'm so eager to see him. And speaking of superhero coin, he's yeah. also going to be in the Disney Plus series WandaVision. Yes, playing Jimmy again so he is yes. going to keep making that money <sighs> Nicole let's talk about always be my maybe always be my maybe now he plays Marcus who is this um, you know very lovable guy who is not necessarily motivated to do more in his life beyond take care of his father and be in this hip hop band. I guess you could call it that. Yeah. Um, And he is a good 
rapper, which yeah. surprised me. Yeah. Um, and what I really liked about the scene when we discover that he's a good rapper, Sasha is in the audience and she's um, watching him. And there's like just this little beat where you don't know how she's going to respond. You don't know if she's going to hate it or she's going to, you know, just love it. And she ends up loving it. And yeah. I, w- I love that because so often what happens in these movies is, you know, this character is, um, you know, displaying their passion, their creative passion. And it's not great. And people yes. have to suffer through it. The person that loves them has, <laughs> has to suffer through it. But the fact that he is good. Yes. And so Sasha is able to like fully cheer him on. Right. I, I love that so And it much. lets, it gives us permission to yes. also be like, oh no, he's good. Thank God. Yes. And that was like a real relief. You're right. But yes, Marcus is like you said, not living up to his full potential, mm-hmm. which let's be real. That's a bunch of us. So yeah. you ain't special, Marcus. But like, <laughs> it's interesting to kind of see again, because the great thing about Always Be My maybe is that these are not 22 year olds right yes it sometimes takes a little bit longer to self-actualize or whatever the fuck yes. language we're using now yes. and i appreciated that both the and ali wong are like no grown-ups mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. figuring it out and i was so grateful for that so even before i watched it i was like wait they've cast randall park as like the lead in a rom-com yeah yes yes enough of these fucking 27 year olds <laughs> no shade to 27 year olds we love you right. all but, like, I haven't been 27 in a while. Right. You know, 30-plus people fall in love, too. They do. <laughs> I seen it. So, like, it was nice to have these 30-plus people be 30-plus on screen yes. and be falling in love. Yes. And that really warmed me. Mm-hmm. But Always Be My Maybe is actually a stupendous rom-com, mm-hmm. which, again... So much fanfare around the Netflix rom-com renaissance. And I was like, ooh. And then there were kind of like letdowns. But always in my maybe, from the day the trailer dropped and everybody went absolutely bananas on the internet, I was like, all right, I'm all in. Don't disappoint me. And then we went to see it. And then we saw it again multiple times on Netflix at home. And it's actually a really lovely story of these childhood sweethearts who kind of fall apart after Mm -hmm. a terrible event, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they drift apart and then they come back together because one of them, Sasha, moves back and discovers Marcus is kind of living the exact same life that he was living before she left. Meanwhile, she's gone off to become like this worldwide culinary star. Mm -hmm. She's like a super chef. She's doing all the bits. She Mm -hmm. has like the superstar boyfriend who is played by Daniel Day Kim. So if you're looking for eye candy, this is the movie. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just kind of like this reconnection. That's what the whole movie is about. It's about them finding each other and trying to make room in each other's lives Mm -hmm. for one another again. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite scenes occurs fairly early on when Sasha comes back and she goes to like a daytime meal. It's not quite lunch, whatever. But they they go out and they go to an old restaurant they used to go to when they were kids. Mm -hmm. And it's just this really lovely, soft, touching, but also very funny scene. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to die all alone in a big house all by myself in complete, utter and deafening silence. I can feel it, Marcus. They're there. There, there. That, that's all you got? Well, I had more at the beginning of your speech, and then I forgot it by the end. <laughs> just so long. <laughs> oh, hey. Thank you. I can't believe this place is still in business. What are we even doing here? The food was always so terrible. Are you insane? No. I eat here twice a week. Here, just try this, okay? Oh. Yeah? Why do I remember this place is so bad? 
because that's how you remember your entire childhood. You painted the whole thing with a shit brush, but it's not true. You're right. This is good. <laughs> this place hasn't changed one bit either. <laughs> Those women are still so rude and disappointed that neither of us speak Cantonese. Mm. Hello, Lehoma, Siute. I learn better service. Oh, also sometimes free shuma. I love that so much. I love that. The way they all said, hi, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> like he is a regular, regular. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it also gave us a little hint of, you know, to the fact that, you know, Marcus, he might have a way with the ladies. He might, could have. Mm-hmm. They, and they all kind of, like, the, you know, the camera kind of pans to all the ladies in the kitchen. And they're like, hi, Marcus. Yes. And I'm like, wait, Marcus, what else are you offering to get this free shumai? <laughs> like, what? I love it so much. It's so intimate and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I love that scene. I love the whole movie, but I really love that yeah, scene. Yeah, I love the movie so much. I think I've seen it three times now, maybe four, right. just since it came out. And wh- another thing, and I mentioned this when we first talked about it in, in that first episode, but what I especially loved about it because, you know, I am uh, hot-blooded. But, you know, a lot of times these rom-coms come out and they are very chaste. Ugh, yes. The people just barely kiss. So if they do kiss, it might be at the end when they finally get together or whatever. Ugh, I'm so sick of it. Yes. But this is a perfect example of how something sweet can also be hot. Yes. Because when Marcus and Sasha get together, mm-hmm. and we again, we've talked about this, so pardon us for repeating ourselves, but the scene where they finally get together and he picks her up and has her against the wall and oh it's like God. yes yes and of course there's like a little fade to black at some point and then you know the morning after but I thought that that is just a perfect way that you could show that these are adults who are sexual and want to express that with each other and yes. still be caring and yes. tender and sweet again what we keep saying hot and sweet it's possible. It's it possible. exists. Show it. us. Show it to us. And what I also love, like you talk about how it fades to black, sure. But then there are scenes of them in bed later. Yes. So like he's got a top off, her top is off. They're kind of wearing, you know, artfully placed sheets. <laughs> Shout out to the artfully placed sheets. <laughs> but like you can see like, you know, his biceps. You can yeah. see like her clavicle. And I'm yeah. like, oh, they're doing sex things. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> it's nice to see. Like you said, these are grown ups. Yeah. Let them do grown up things. Things. Yeah. I sound like such a horn dog. I'm so sorry, yeah. but I, I I miss that in rom coms. Yes. I just have it look as though you guys actually want to tear each other's clothes off. Exactly, and again, it's very important to see that to see people of color being tender and sweet with each other in these kinds of sensual moments where yes. it's not just you know overlooks or like you know overt pounding or anything like yeah. that. You know, it's just done with care. Yes, care. Ugh, I love that it's movie. It's so sweet. And another thing that I also really love about this movie, which is not necessarily about Randall, but is actually part of it, is like this is the role, this is the kind of role that he has been looking to do for yes. so long. Yes. And it's a role in which he is not the one Asian person, mm-hmm. but he is one person in an ensemble mm-hmm. of Asian actors. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, finally he really got that dream the kind of world that he was building back Mm -hmm. at UCLA Mm -hmm. and it's like a real full circle moment where in this movie there's him there's Ali Wong Daniel Day Kim Keanu Reeves Vivian Bang everybody is like the majority of the cast is Asian yeah and so it's like oh it's possible guys yeah and you know there's no um 
intergenerational beef where people are like, you know, my parents are so traditional and I'm trying to fight against that or whatever. In fact, um, Sasha's character is resentful of her parents for having, she feels abandoned by them because she had to go and and connect with Marcus's family in order to have more of a, a, or a better home life or whatever. Right, because her parents were busy at work. Yeah, they were. She she raised herself, right? Right, they were doing, they were doing what they could to make sure that she had everything she needed. Shout out to that generation. Right, (laughs) she wanted more attention. So I I love this again a very soft pushback against you know if it's an Asian story we've got to talk about the immigrant you know the mm-hmm. immigrant journey and all this kind of stuff it was such a good Randall Park yes always be my maybe mm. if you haven't seen it I hope you're still alive because I can't understand why you would not have seen this so you know just you know fire up Netflix. Yeah. Watch it. And when you're done with that, go back and find his earlier stuff. I promise you, like Nicole said, he puts his thumbprint on everything that he is in. And every time you see him, I promise you, your soul will do a little flip because you're like, oh, he's here. Yeah, It's going to be good. And that's the Randall Park promise. Oh, he's here. It's going to be good. I like that. Thank you. Hello. Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. I hit John Wick and now I'm feeling so appealing. Basically, I'm a god. You could call me Hercules. Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. I'm telling you for real, I punched Neo. He could duck bullets, but he couldn't duck me. Okay, Bam. Yes. It's time. Yeah. Fanfic Wars. Hey, that's my song. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, I'm so intrigued to hear what you are going to write about Randall Park. I'm intrigued too. Like, I love him so much. Mm. Like, he he's, he's kind of like that. This sounds wrong, but I promise you it's not. He gives me that warm heat. Mm. So it's not like hot, hot heat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. heat, fam. Mm-hmm. Like it starts in my belly mm. <laughs> and then it travels, mm-hmm. but like it's like a simmer, mm. you know, like yes. he heats you up gradually yes. in a way. And then by the end, you're like, why am I sweating? Oh my God, it's Randall. That's how I feel. So I wanted to write something that felt a little bit like that kind of slow burn. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our sister podcast, slow burn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like I wanted to have like that feeling of, new excitement so that's kind of what I was that's the position I was because I was thinking about Randall and trying to think you know we talk a lot about how we're projecting yes and I wanted to kind of project the feeling that Randall gives me back into a story about Randall yes so okay. I'm ready know. thank you thank you very much <laughs> after the third try I could feel my face heating The cashier behind the counter had a sympathetic glint in her eye as she turned the screen back to her side. I promise I've used this card today, I said, as I held up my bag of groceries as evidence. The magnetic strip was just fine ten minutes ago. The cashier smiled kindly. We've been having trouble with the card reader this weekend, she said, not entirely convincingly. Do you happen to have any cash? I was busy shaking my head no when someone lightly slapped their hand on the counter next to me. Hey, I'll get hers, and mine too. I could hear the smile in his voice even before I caught it on his face. Even from the side, I could see it was a wide smile. He turned his head to bestow it on me directly, and I caught the flash of his teeth, the corners of his eyes crinkling attractively as the grin rounded out his cheeks. I felt my face get hot for an altogether different reason. Mm -hmm. How often do cute strangers turn out to be good Samaritans? Oh, I can't let you pay for my drink, I protested. It was happening anyway, but I had to offer a token protest. 
He turned his body more fully toward me. His hair peeked out from underneath his beanie, waving as it met the nape of his neck. Of course you can, he replied. We're strangers, I said more firmly. He grinned that big grin again and came out of his lean on the counter to extend a hand. I'm Randall, he said, and I shook his hand and told him my name. See, he said, we're not strangers anymore. He tucked his chin in as he said it, a move that was a 50-50 mix of confidence and diffidence. I reached over to grab my chai, but stopped when I felt his hand cover mine. Mm. Hang on, he said. He gestured at the cashier for something to write with and then scribbled something on the side of my cup. Satisfied, he slid the cup over. My number, he said, in case you want to buy me coffee one day. My grin stayed on my face as I nodded and left the cafe. When I looked back through the window, Randall was still there, smiling back. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Isn't that what you want? Oh, yes. And I could see his smile. We didn't talk much about his smile. But he has a really beautiful, oh. very wide smile. Yes. yes. And it comes up slow. Yes. And then it fully unfurls and you're like, wrap me in that. Oh, my God. Ugh, I love you, Randall Park. Shout out to your wife, Mrs. Park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Nicole, uh, I want to see what you have come up with this week yes. with uh, Mr. Randall Park, our first object of the week. Yes. He of the big smile and the great hair and the wonderful eyes. Yes. Um, you mentioned all of this slow burning stuff. Uh, yes. Subscribe to Slow Burn on Slate. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Real natural. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to... I'm just going to read it. All right. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me clear my throat. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. It's fine, y'all. I yelled out of the bedroom door. Randall will take the couch in here. See you in the morning for some skiing I absolutely will not be doing. I closed the door and leaned against it, my eyes meeting Randall's. Do you think they know? He stage whispered. Did you tell anyone? What? No, you know they've been trying to set us up forever. I bet this whole one room, one bed thing is Bim's idea. She loves that shit. Randall turned to the fireplace and began stacking logs in an orderly fashion. I squatted down to join him and twisted old newspaper for kindling. Do you think we gave anything away? I asked him quietly and leaned my head against his shoulder. The fire caught quickly and the sound of the flames moving along the logs already began to soothe me. Or maybe it was the forehead kiss Randall gave me before he gathered me more fully in his arms. Maybe. It's hard for me not to look at you without every memory from the last few weeks showing on my face. I turned to kiss him for his charm, and the kiss lasted two beats too long. He pulled back and asked, Is it so wrong that I want to keep you to myself just a little while longer, before our friends try to plan our wedding and name our Blasian kids? No, baby, I said. I want just us for as long as we can manage to. He kissed me again, lowering my back to the floor, moving us a little bit away from the fire dancing in its home. Do you think you can keep quiet? He breathed into the soft corner of my neck. I pulled his hair until his face, glowing from the flames, was above mine. I don't know. Can you? He worked a hand into my unbuttoned jeans and I gasped into his mouth. He smirked at me. No. You bitch. (laughs) You like my shout out, Bim? You absolute bitch. <laughs> if I see you on road, it's on sight. What? Put that catnip directly. I mean, what? Injected into my motherfucking veins. What? 
That is every single one of my fanfic yes. loves. Oh my god, a, a single bed, a cabin, skiing, <laughs> a log fire, bitch. Yes, you better. <laughs> I feel like I have just logged into AO3, and this is like a TV show of my own devising. This is amazing, Nicole. Thank you so much for that gift. I appreciate the shout out. I feel wow. I'm. I really made it. Like, fuck my nominations for my writing. Fuck. But I wrote a play, who cares? I've made it into, I have made it into one of your fics as a named character. I'm not just a friend, I'm Bim. Yeah. Oh my God, I do love that shit. You nailed it. Can I just say, you nailed my character so specific. I mean, you got it. I love it. Wow, do you know what? I almost, I don't care about the poll. You win. Like, you put me in to your story. That's like a sneaky ass move, but I am here for it because it means that I want you to win now. Share. Our producer is, <laughs> she's so flushed. Wow. What a good time. Uh, well, there yeah. you have it, listeners. Woo, first buckets. You have uh, quite the treat <laughs> this week. I don't mean to do myself down, but I think you know how to vote this week. Uh, we will put a poll up on our Twitter. Um, we usually put it up on a Friday, so you have like all of Thursday to listen and gather your thoughts. And in this case, you will have to gather your thoughts amongst other things. And then on Friday, you get to pick which of the Randall stories you like. Do you want him to be scribbling his number on a cup in a cafe? Or do you want his hands inside of Nicole's jeans in front of a fire? <laughs> so those are your options. Um <laughs> Right. It's very difficult for me to actually vote for myself this week, to be very fucking honest. Um, but anyway, you have the choice. Go to our Twitter at First Aid Kit and register your votes. All votes count. And if nothing else, it's good practice for the elections in the UK and also soon to be in the US. Listen, the politics of the world, man. This is yeah. your escape, but I've just got to mention it. Register to vote and vote. Yay. Anyway, <laughs> that's the end of Fanfic Wars. And Nicole, yeah. you have killed me dead. <laughs> So oh, no, good job you. Back to life. It's too late, bro. I'm, I'm already halfway <laughs> to the ground. <sighs> oh my God, thirst buckets. Guess what? We are going to Sundance. Woo! <laughs> we are thrilled to announce that we'll be at the Sundance Film Festival for a special live show presented by Dropbox. Please join us at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, January 25th, 2020. We'll be at the Filmmaker Lodge on Main Street in Park City, Utah. It is a free show open to all of Sundance pass holders as well as the general public. But space is limited so go to slate.com slash live to register again that's slate.com slash live to register for your seat bring a scarf and stay moisturized and we'll see you there First Aid Kids is a Slate production produced by Cher Vincent and us Bim Adewunmi and Nicole Perkins our music is by Tanya Morgan you can follow the show on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit, and we're at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T N Whiskey with an E Woman and Bimadu B I M A D E W. Plus, we're on Tumblr at ThirstAidKitPodcast.tumblr.com. If you send us questions over there, maybe we'll answer. Who knows? We know some of you like to live tweet your listen, and we appreciate you. Please continue to use the hashtag T A K P O D. That's TACPOD. But you can also send us your thoughts via email. We're at thirstaidkit at slate.com. 
If you've got a thirst that needs refreshing, maybe Thirst Sommelier can help. <laughs> Call and leave a brief message about what kind of thirst object you're in the market for at 510-984-4778. That's 510-9-THIRST. Non-U.S. Thirst Buckets, please send us a short voice note via email. We're at thirstaidkit at slate.com. If what you hear gets you good and thirsty, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and or a rating. We like five stars. We also love big adjectives like amazing, splendid, magnificent, that sort of thing. Please and thank you. The end of the decade is in sight, but time is relative and thirst lives forever. Wear a scarf and stay thirsty out there. Bye. Bye. Do you think they know he staged whisper? Sorry. <laughs> I see you dancing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. I'm sorry. I didn't even know I was doing that. I was like, oh, friends, friends, becoming something else. Sorry. Ignore me. <clears throat>